want to say welcome to everyone. Um, those that are part of our church, those that are visiting with our church, welcome. And those online, just want to welcome you as well. Um, so, we've had a theme going um, in the last few times that Jimmy hasn't uh, had the, uh, the sermon. And so, I want to continue with that theme a little bit in jest, but uh, just to get us in the right mood before I really get started. So, we've been talking about everyone's favorite snack. Okay, so... You can see my favorite snack is peanuts, um, and not just any kind of peanuts. Peanuts in the shell, the messier the better. Um, and so, yes, I like, uh, I like salty snacks. I like peanuts. Um, and since um, we're talking about peanuts, I thought I would just throw in an extra one. My favorite cartoon strip is, of course, peanuts. I, uh, I really like the Snoopy... Um, and all of those characters. <clears throat> well, today is also a very special day, and uh, um, it is um, a day that uh, I get to celebrate with my wife uh, once a year. You know, our church has a great card ministry, and um, uh, we received this card this week, so I want to thank those that participate in the ministry. It's an anniversary card, and yes, today is the uh, anniversary uh, for my wife and I as we celebrate. So, you know, in four different chapters, Paul talks about at the end of four chapters to greet one another with a holy kiss. So I'm not going to do it now, but after the church service, you might spot me giving my wife a hug or a holy kiss. Um, I don't know. We'll see. But... Um, Anyway, thank you for uh, celebrating that with us today. Um, so we're going to be talking about uh, first, best, and first fruits. And what does it mean? Oh, I went the wrong way. What is it? Oh, somebody's trying to help me out. There we go. What does it mean to be f first? What does it mean to be best? And what are our first fruits? <clears throat> That when the Bible talks about first fruits, what exactly is that? So, um, first, um, being a firstborn son in the Old Testament specifically, it talks a little bit more, but in the New Testament somewhat, <clears throat> um, it had its privileges being a firstborn son. It wasn't guaranteed, but there were, uh, there were privileges that if you... Um, didn't mess up, you would, as a firstborn son, you would get. <clears throat> Here are some examples of uh, those firstborn. Um, so you have uh, Cain and Abel in Genesis chapter 4. And I'm going to mention it here, but I'm going to talk about it a little bit later. Um, this is also the first mention of an offering in the Bible in Genesis chapter 4. And uh, <clears throat> Cain and Abel each brought an offering to God, but as I mentioned, I will, I'll, I'll talk about that a little bit later. Esau was the firstborn of Isaac over Jacob, but we all know the story of how Jacob received the blessing. 
Um, Reuben was the firstborn of Jacob, but Reuben, um, his rights of the firstborn were taken away because of his sin. We know that from uh, Genesis um, chapter 35, 22, and 49, 3 and 4. And so, being first had certain privileges. There's also some of my favorite verses um, in the New Testament with regard to first. And you can see the slides here. Um, We read them together. It says, oh, how can you say that your brother... Brother, let me remove the speck that is in your eye when you yourself do not see the plank that is in your own eye. Hypocrite. First, of course, I underlined that. It's not underlined in your Bible, probably. Um, First, remove the plank from your own eye, and then you will see clearly to remove the speck that is in your brother's eye. And again, there's a couple more from Matthew. We can see that... but. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added to you. That's from Matthew and in 1 John, we love him because he first loved us. So you can see a theme here with first um, uh, being very, very important in a lot of uh, biblical ways, both Old and New Testament. Um, What does it mean to give God your best? Well, um, we see in 1 Corinthians, it says, Therefore, whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all for the glory of God. That's what you can do to be, uh, give your best. And in Colossians, whatever you do in word and deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him, Colossians 3, 17. And likewise, in Colossians 3, 23, um, it says, whatever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not to men. And also in 2 Timothy 2, 15, do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a worker who does not need to be ashamed, and who correctly handles the word of truth. And this verse <clears throat> reminds me of another verse where it talks about being ashamed. Romans 1.16, it says this, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation. I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. <clears throat> You know, this past week, I was uh, listening to um, an individual speak. I was a preacher speaking. And he talked a little bit about evangelism. And I kind of think of this as an evangelistic verse, uh, the Romans 1.16, being not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. And he said the following. He said, you know... A lot of you probably like Starbucks. I'm not a Starbucks fan, but there's a lot of people that really are. And he said, you probably go to Starbucks for coffee. He said, I'm telling you, don't go to Starbucks for coffee. Go to Starbucks to tell someone about Jesus. And oh, by the way, 
since you're there, go ahead and get a coffee. He said, you might need gas in your car, and you go to a gas station to get gas, but don't go to the gas station to get gas. Go to the gas station to tell someone about Jesus. And then while you're there, if you happen to get gas, well, that's doubly good. If you go out to lunch, don't go out to lunch into a restaurant to get food. Go to a restaurant to tell someone about Jesus. And if you happen to eat, well, then that is a double blessing. If you're going to the beach, you kind of get the theme, right? Go to the beach to tell someone about Jesus. And if you happen to get your toes wet, well, then that's a double blessing. You see, giving God your best involves your total being. The whole of who we are. You know, Jesus in Matthew 22 says that it's the, the greatest commandment. To love the Lord with all of your heart and with all of your soul and with all of your mind. It's the whole of who we are if we give God our best. To give God only a part of ourselves falls short of really loving him. Giving God all of, it falls short of giving God all of who we are. Your best involves giving God the first of everything. In the Old Testament, and we're going to talk about uh, the Israelites and, and first fruits in just a minute. Or giving the first fruits or giving the best of a flock. Well, we serve the same God, and he's still worthy of the first and best of our time, our efforts, our resources. If we give him leftovers, well, you think he doesn't know? He certainly does know. And your best involves giving God your most superior work. You know, we can't compartmentalize God. A lot of times we try to compartmentalize things. I know engineers are the worst, and sorry, I am one. I have to apologize to my wife just about every day. Um, we, we compartmentalize things. We have God time. We have me time. We have work time. We have family time. We have all this time that we compartmentalize. Well, you know, God owns it all. We need to involve God in the me time, in the work time, in the family time. In all of those times, we need to involve God for whatever we do. God be the glory. So let's talk a little bit about first fruits. First here is Leviticus. It says, when you come into the land which I give you and reap its harvest, and when you, then you shall bring a sheaf of the first fruits of the harvest to the priest. You know, back then it was more of an agriculture or agrarian system focused society the harvest time was very very big <clears throat> and to give God the first of the harvest had to be challenging why because if you gave God the first and you're hungry you pull the tomatoes off the vine you take the very first of the harvest and you give it to God before you have an opportunity to eat or anything. And what, what you're then 
expecting is that God will continue to bless you. You can give away the first of the harvest because God's going to provide more. This is why it was just so important in the Old Testament that they gave the first fruits to put their whole trust in the Lord. And it showed that they trusted God. Now, for most people, we're probably not farmers today. There are some farmers that that farm, but here in Melbourne, Florida, and probably not too many. We, this is kind of a, a foreign concept, but it's still relevant if we give our first fruits to the Lord. Proverbs says, honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of all your crops. So we can see again the expansion of first fruits to be beyond the literal of the harvest to everything, to your wealth. Give the first fruits. And the wealth can be, it can be money, it can be time, it can be possessions, it can be a lot of things, but it's really all of us, all of you, all of me that we give to God. And so it takes on a symbolic meaning. Paul mentions Christ as the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. Jesus was God's first fruits, his only, his one and only son. And what started as specific instruction, bringing crops to the temple, has expanded later in Scripture, and no longer referring literally to fruit. But first fruits means any type of income or wealth or blessings that a Christian has received throughout the year to bring them and offer the best and the first to God. So why is giving first fruits so important? So I mentioned I was going to talk about the famous story of Cain and Abel. So Cain brings an offering to God. Now, the Bible says that he brought an offering of fruits. It doesn't say first fruits. It just says fruits. But then in the very next passage, it talks about Abel brought an offering of the firstborn of his flock and of their fat. Now, the fatty part, everybody knows that tastes the best, right? You know, that marbled steak that you might... um, and, And so Abel brought the firstborn and the best pieces. And it says then that the Lord respected Abel's offering but not Cain's. So we can pretty much surmise that for Cain, it was probably the leftovers of his fruit after Cain had already had a little. But for Abel, it was the best and the first. And we can ignore the rest of that story, really, because, you know, we're talking about giving first fruits and it reminds us that God is our ultimate priority. It shows God that we're obedient and that we can be trusted. Maybe, maybe we can be trusted with more. 
It shows that we are grateful for all that God has given us. And you might remember the story of Ananias and Sapphira in Acts. It's Acts 4.33 to 5.11. And you know, it wasn't so much in my mind in that story the fact that they held back some for themselves. So what was happening at the time, if you might remember, is that folks were selling land that they had and bringing it uh, as an offering to God, and they were bringing all of it to God. And so Ananias and Sapphira brought, did the same thing. They sold their land, and they brought it to God, but they told, they lied about it. They told them it was all. This is all we received for this land, and we're bringing it to God when that was not the truth. And so God dealt with them quite harshly. So are we giving the best hours of our day? How about the first hours of the day? Do we spend time with God in prayer? Are we giving God our best and our first? couple this is my this is really my last slide so a couple of verses here in first samuel it says only fear the lord and serve him in truth with all your heart for consider what great things he has done for you now this was written in the old testament but now even more so what jesus has done for us right what god has done for us. And then in Romans 12, 1, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And there's another verse that's not on the screen up there that I really, really like. It says, For you were bought at a price, therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. That's 1 Corinthians 6.20. So yes, you're gods. If you're a Christian or a disciple, a follower of Jesus, then you are gods and you belong to God. If you're not a follower of Jesus, I'd like to give you that opportunity. Um, You can find someone to talk to, You can talk, Jimmy's not with us, but you can find Jimmy, talk to him. You can talk to me, you can talk to one of the other elders. But I just ask you to please talk with someone. Your eternal life depends on it. So this is your invitation. If you have business to perform with God, then you can do that today. If you want to become a follower of Jesus, please come forward and someone will talk with you. If you need prayer, we have a prayer room in the back. Whatever business you may have, as we sing this hymn, please um, do your business with God.